Bill Wilson had a great line when he talked about emotional sobriety, having relationships appropriate to that relationship. How do we discriminate or differentiate what's the best way to deal with the situation we're in? And look, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes it's a matter of trial and error. Let me try this, see what happens. Let me take in the feedback. Let me pay attention to what's going on. Am I alienating someone or am I getting more of a connection with them? You know, because deep down inside, like I said, if the best of us is in charge, we're trying to find a way to stay connected and not get disconnected during trouble. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. We have Joe C on the podcast, uh, his first appearance in 2023 and hopefully not the last. He's one of my favorite guests. Amazing. Hear that all the other guests? <laughs> How's it going, Joe? Uh, well, I, I don't sound emotionally sober so far. So uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we got to start that's somewhere. That's the next show, Joe. <laughs> Joe, had this great, Joe had this great idea for the next show. We're going to have a whole show on emotional inebriety. <laughs> and we're going to show in, you guys the other side of, of, of our personas, right? There yeah, we go. Exactly. That's right. Well, listen, you had a great idea for today's show. Why don't you share everybody what your thoughts are about that, Joe? Uh, against emotional sobriety. Uh, is this need sometimes I have, let me just personalize it instead of finger point, right? Mm -hmm. Of um, That's for the next show, Joe. We'll do the finger pointing in the next show. Okay. okay, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, let me also say, given given the, the subject he's getting ready to bring up, if you need somebody else to point a finger out, I think it's pretty safe for you to point in my direction. Feel free. We should uh, have another meeting on codependency and uh, <laughs> emotional sobriety, too. If, if, but if, if, if you want to, if that's what you want, we will. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> of course. Um, but the, the whole idea that there is a tendency... I can either build myself up if I'm not feeling good or put somebody else down yep. and righteous indignation. Not only is it a way to get the dopamine going and feeling outraged and how dare they, and did you see what they did and just feeling morally superior to them. I, I don't even have to consider my side of the street right now because look at them and not only do I have a tendency to do this or anyone has a tendency to do this, it's baked into the way they deliver news now, right? You know, did you see what the other side did? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether you're liberal or conservative, you're getting fed these ideas of, uh, you know, we're righteous, they're uh, deluded. Uh, they're uh, difficult, uh, they are dangerous, and they must be stopped now. It just, it becomes a consumer product based on, uh, you know, hijacking our sort of uh, emotions. And uh, this can happen in a meeting, right? Oh, so-and-so put their hand up. Oh, you know, and and already it starts going, right? Instead of bringing a beginner's mind to let's see what they have to say today. Who knows what growth and uh, uh, new virtue they might be bringing to this meeting. But this is uh, something that is difficult to deal with personally. And in dealing with others, you know, how do we set a boundary between, um, you know, th there's nothing to work with here because 
some people you can you can reach they just need a little bit of attention and um as a member of uh, a late member of my group often used to say who grew up in rural Ontario, Canada, don't wrestle with pigs. <laughs> One, you can't win. Two, you're going to get dirty. Three, the pigs love it. Right. Perfect. So, Perfect. so sometimes you just have to, you know, sort of not engage. Right. You know, so, um, so I thought that would be an interesting topic today. I'm sure we all have stories of how yes. we saw ourselves slipping and had to do a little review of uh, our own emotional sobriety and and particular characters in our world where we see they're just so, uh, you know, tied into this. And the thing is, when, when I get a, a dopamine rush, whether the other political party is, you know, uh, look at the outrageous thing they're doing. Mm -hmm. There's a huge down, right? And, mm -hmm. and the the up gets it's like drugs, the up gets smaller, and the down gets deeper, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just becomes uh, a, an unwinnable scenario to sort of go there for my feel good right because it ain't well that, that's what that's one of the things on the on the checklist there that tells us that uh that it either is there's a way of defining it that way or it is certainly analogous to addiction is the fact yeah. that it that it, fo it follows the checklist of, of addiction symptoms and um and i i like to i like to i love how you you, you started with the with the you know the national or the, the global picture and we also go we go bring it back all the way to to our personal relationships like in meetings or in marriages by the way uh we do that it's like because one of the things that you know i believe as far as far as um pardon martin my am i i'm not allowing my hippie self to speak now is in terms of, of, of contributing to to healing in the world is 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 and emotional sobriety basically is this is is that it's always you work always from the inside out i mean in, in that in that way we're not we're not the only system of thinking that that thinks that way but it, but it's it's like any wisdom says that but if we're if we're if we're getting when i'm getting hooked into the to the news the way you're talking about joe what that means is mm -hmm. where i need to start is 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 my my righteous indignation then can shift this is very clever of my saboteur in my head and now i'm now now i'm really upset with the media See, the media is yeah. all oh there goes the media again it's like i'm not and we're not saying i'm always telling clients i'm not saying these other things aren't happening but if you want to actually make a change that matters you got to look at yourself first and in this case it's like how how am i doing this internally and that's and that's where that's where i love the idea that you go back to make trying to make a decision first of all whether or not to engage right i was really uh pro bernie movement in 2020 and um there was a lot of uh you know uh and, and this came about uh during the time of covid and and during uh the time of Trump's shenanigans and uh, and George Floyd, and it was just a very um, brutal uh, period of time when just a lot of like these uh, these issues that had been percolating in the country for a very long time came to the surface, and there was the briefest glimmer of a systemic address to these things, and and there wasn't, and I was left with all this uh, this anger and, and negativity, and uh, and I felt 
a lot of people in my generation had fair criticism of the status quo. Not a lot to do some days, but just post about it and just be pissed off. And um, I, I, I started by mentioning recovery because, well, there's people I could call, there's meetings I could go to, there's others suffering in a very observable way um, that are in my uh, kind of like circle of, uh, of people or, you know, there's circles within circles. And uh, when I, um, so oftentimes I have a, a choice between the mad addiction of that, which I can't change in, in our, you know, politics uh, or getting connected to someone helping out who's suffering um, from what, if, you know, from the same addiction issues that I suffer from. Um, and, uh, and that's been my, you know, a little bit of a saving grace, I guess, through all this, but like, yeah, certainly like the powerlessness in the face of this <laughs> grinding machine, you know, is, is something that I, I only know how to answer with anger, I think in a lot of ways. Uh, and uh, that's, uh, that's my entry point to all this, I guess I'll say. Well, nice. there's, there's another dimension to this that I, I want to get into because it, it's it's interesting, Joe. On Thursday nights, we've just started the exploration of step number six. Like we're entirely ready to have all these character of entirely ready to have God remove all these uh, defects of character, right? And so yeah. we've started a discussion of that, and we're going to be going on for the next several weeks. But I, I just want to point out one part of the. 12 and 12, where Bill addresses this, because see, it's really important for us to understand that behavior like this is functional. Like you said, we get yes. something out of it. I mean, there was a whole movement in psychotherapy for a while that was, what is that doing for you, right? That was the question the therapist would ask the client. So if they were angry, what are you getting out of that? What is that right. doing for you? Exactly. What's the benefit? What's the benefit of that behavior? What does that behavior do to me? That's when Gestalt therapists would use it. They would ask the client to say, what are, what are you getting out of it? And what are you doing to me when you act like that way? Because what you're doing to me is a part of the function, right? I'm putting you down. I'm making myself bigger than you or better than you or smarter than you or wiser than you or whatever it is. But let me read a few lines from the from the 12 and 12, because he really, he, uh, he addresses this very well. Um, so here are the lines, and then I want to say something else about the function of this stuff. Yeah. So he goes, so this is on page 66 on in step number six. What we must recognize now is that we exult in some of our defects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We love them. He mm -hmm. goes, we love them. Who, for example, doesn't like to feel just a little superior to the next fellow, or even quite a lot superior? He goes, self-righteous anger also can be very enjoyable. In a perverse way, we actually take satisfaction from the fact that many people annoy us. Many people annoy us, for it brings a comfortable feeling of superiority. Gossip barbed with our anger, a polite form of murder by character assassination. He doesn't pull any punches on that one, right? Yeah, no way. Murder yeah. by character assassination has its satisfactions for us, too. Here, we are not trying to help those we criticize. We are trying to proclaim our own righteousness. Yeah. Wow. 
So he nails it, right? When he's talking yes. about that, this is one of the things that if if we're going to really, really take that inventory, you know, in step four and five, one of the things we're going to look at is how our emotional dependency, right? This need for me to feel okay based on the environmental support. So when we say environmental support, it means how I perceive the environment and what I do with the environment as well. So if I'm looking at my environment for all of the evidence on how messed up everybody is and therefore how yeah. much better I am, see, that's a form of me trying to take care of myself, which is it's it's not a great way to do it. But it right. is, that is the function, right? It's self-soothing. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to have some self-esteem. See, that's yeah. the way I think about it. This is an attempt for me to elevate myself at your expense, to elevate my self-esteem. Look, well, let, me, let me say this. The, the nature the nature of that energy that comes up is the energy is not bad. Even you know, we get, anger has a bad reputation. It's not, you know, yeah. when Bill, I love that Bill says self-righteous anger because that's a particular, that's, a, not anger, that's, a, men, that's a mental that's process, right. not an yeah. emotional process. So, you know, and taking what you're saying, going, I mean, going back to what the, the thing I went to with, with what Patrick shared is that becomes that place. And I think this is so much on target for emotional sobriety that we, when we have these, these energies that come up rather than, of course, we have to deal with the whole judge or the self judgment, but it, we, we have a choice of what to do with that energy. And, and what, you know, and Patrick gave that, he, he, he basically says with recovery, he can take that energy. He, he's watching himself, you know, and, and, and I, I mean, all, all of us have had experiences where you sit there and you're acting out in a way that, you know, is not healthy, but you're just, you're, you're not, you, you don't feel like you can do something about it. You're just watching yourself fuck up. Uh, tell me I'm not the only one who's had that. Experience. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, it's, it's like, but the idea is when you come fully in charge, you take you take what that that from what Bill what Bill W has written and what Bill what uh, what, uh, what what Bill Berger is saying, uh, Alan <laughs> <laughs> is New and name. you put it you you know and I and I just I, I love the I, I used to call these things over, uh, like overly simplistic or or offensively simplistic is like bring it down to a simple thing that helps us something we can carry with us as a part of our practice and it is whatever that energy is. Rather than judge it, make choices about how you use it. And, you know, you know, what, what, what uh, Patrick was saying, like, like he learned, okay, well, I, I have this wonderful opportunity here with this program where, you know, I mean, we can all look for places where we can be of use to people, but, but you're going, well, hell, I, I have this ready-made place where I can go and there's always something I can do that's going to be helpful to somebody. But it's your, yeah. the main thing is the choice of what to do with the energy. Yeah. Well, listen, to get there, though, you've got to own it. See that? I yeah. think that's yes. the point in yes. this thing. You mm -hmm. can't jump over that, in my opinion. You've got to oh. say, look, I'm being self-righteous. I want to feel better than you. This is the only way I know how, or like in your example, Patrick, on how to not feel powerless or how not to feel helpless in the light of all this other stuff i'll just judge the hell out of what the other side is doing a great example was like the other day you know president biden gave his uh his uh state of the union address right mm -hmm. to congress right mm -hmm. and uh marjorie green mm -hmm. one of my favorite republicans was in the audience doing her thing heckling him you know yelling bs and this and that right 
And everybody, yeah. I mean, first of all, I think Biden handled her wonderfully. I mean, he yeah. didn't polar, he didn't polarize with her. He kind of dealt with it and didn't get into that whole thing, which was really wise. But, you know, how many of us sat there and judged Mar Marjorie Green? And now turn the clock back a couple of years ago. How many of us did that with Trump that were on the other side? Exactly. How many of us sat there and said, oh, oh my God, BS. I mean, are you kidding me? He said that. I mean, it's it's so relative, isn't it, in terms yeah. of what your values are and what's going on? And so she, just like us, was doing what Tom said. She didn't know how to deal with the feeling she had. She didn't know how to express herself in a way that doesn't alienate. See, see, there's a couple things. What I was going to say before is, is I brought up the fact that when I was working with Dr. Kempler, he said all of our symptoms, character defects, adaptations, whatever you want to call them, character defaults. That's how we've been referring to them, Joe. Mm, yeah. In, yeah. Uh, right. Somebody in the group suggested word. that. Yeah, it's character defaults. You know, we just learned how to function this way as our best adaptation at the time, right? Yeah. And I like that. I think it's so much less judgmental than defect of character, right? Well, that treats it like a cancer that has to be removed. Yeah. And how can you remove half uh, a coin? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, remove it. You're right. So, so here's the three things that Kempler said. So all... All symptoms do do three things. First of all, they economize our distress. If I'm not feeling good about myself, if I'm feeling powerless, like Patrick was referring to a minute ago, if I become self-righteous, guess what I've just done? I've addressed my powerlessness by having power and judging the other person or the system or whatever I how whatever I'm in relationship to. So that's number one. It economizes our distress. Number two, it tells us what's missing. Yeah. I don't know how to feel good about myself in any other way. As Tom was saying, is that mm -hmm. anger is not a bad thing if you use it for connection to enhance or enrich an encounter rather than get alienated from it. And see, that's one of the things I tell people is try to become aware is what you're doing enhancing your encounter or is it diminishing it? Is it enhancing or diminishing it? Mm -hmm. So the second thing is it tells us what's missing. And the third thing is, is it tells us what's needed. It says, look, I need to find a way to feel okay about myself or to deal with my powerlessness in a way where I don't become righteous, where I keep this eye to thou relationship. I keep connected during trouble. And see, this is the thing that is so hard, Joe, mm -hmm. is, is how to stay connected when there's tension and trouble in a relationship rather than get alienated and disrupt the connection. And if you want to disrupt it, self-righteousness will do it every time. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it, it's the ultimate, uh, you know, narcissism of small differences. Right, right, right. You know, it's like both parties say. love their country. Both mm -hmm. parties want prosperity for all, right? Yes. But we get caught up in the uh, the small differences. There was an article by um, a psychologist named Jeremy Sherman in Psychology Today. He does this whole series on, you'll love this, Tom, jerkology. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> you love to make up words. <laughs> And, and mad diction is is one of his words. And uh, 
and one of the things he cautions against is being furious is the most effective vaccination against being curious. Oh, I love things that rhyme also. My God, yeah. that's that has everything. Say it again. Yeah, uh, is uh, uh, being furious is the most effective vaccination against being curious. I love it. That's a good one. Wow. Is there always uh, anger underneath fear? No, there's always fear underneath. Fear underneath anger. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think so. It, 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 you know, like uh, Ernest Becker, you know, sort of brought everything down to, you know, existential threats, right? Like, okay. uh, like this zero sum game, right? Like, uh, if if you win, then I lose, type of thing, right? You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a matter of survival, because in when I feel weak, if I criticize you. You know, I'm purified. Yes. Right. I'd, I'd just like to say one one other thing to bolster my point from earlier is um, I think um, one thing, the uh, recovery community, it's a form of uh, collective action, which um, we don't get a lot of or don't we don't participate in very much in the context of politics in America. And um, we don't think of it uh, that way because it's an apolitical space. But um it truly is like, you know, a bunch of heads put together and and energy going outwards. Um, there's a self um, improvement component to it, of course, but it, uh, in many uh, concepts of recovery have to do with, yeah, just um, feeding the uh, the group. That's right. such a good po point. I mean, that's such a good point, Patrick. And, and the thing I thought about with that, because of course, one of the things about 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 AA is, I mean, it it is a, it is a miracle, a sociological miracle that this thing works. And and it's like, I mean, to, to, it's, I mean, maybe there are others, but I don't know of any other other you know by definition leaderless groups that function the, the way this does. And not only that, when you say many heads come together we're we're talking about many heads that are fucking crazy you know by definition we're nuts when we get there it's it's it's, it's like these are not these are not necessarily the, the maybe some of the sharpest people i've ever met for sure but not just not necessarily the most sane people but but as a community it really does because a lot of times when you bring you know one of the things you know one thing that happens i would describe when people have horrible situations in in corporations and, and in jobs in bigger companies it's like well you bring a bunch of dysfunctional people together and what you're going to have is a, is a dysfunctional environment you know but it's like and, and you know when we all know there's lots of dysfunction inside aa but but it's it's like the idea that the program itself works and it works as now what did you call it in terms of action oh collective action collective mm -hmm. action beautiful I, I appreciate you pointing that out i like that but then of course i love what alan says about it which is you know that's the our best thinking brought us here well well yeah you know it's like the healthy part of us is what brings yeah. us together to um address right. these things well, one let's one of the things I want to also say too, because we're we're using some examples that are that are big obvious examples. One of the any it, part of emotional sobriety is also dealing with ourselves at a more subtle level, because because mm -hmm. things that we're not necessarily screaming out about or posting something about or sometimes not even speaking about, just just you know we're you know, these days. You know, I'm, I've been in this pro process long enough and, and wise, wise enough to be able to even acknowledge 
you know, my own judgments in, in, in righteous indignation and that kind of stuff internally. So I may not even somebody, you know, I may, I may be going through that. And nobody doesn't even, I don't look any different. I look just as, as, as good as I ever did. And I look, I look like I'm being sane, all that stuff. But my, you know, my tendency is to not share that with anybody, you know, and I think, you know, we all have privacy and we don't have to share every damn thing that happens, but, but where there is a pattern, of that or of any of this stuff in t inside me even at a very subtle level it's one of the things i want to say for my i say it to myself but to anybody else who needs to hear it is is don't wait for a big catastrophe to happen that's the kind of this is the kind of stuff that you talk to a sponsor or a friend or a therapist or you know just or your or your spouse about just it's it, they're not even you're not even looking it's not a problem to be solved it's just what I call conversations to convey. I'm just telling you some information. I'm just giving you some information about what's going on with me. Well, listen, it's a good point, Tom. I mean, this would be a good exercise for those of you that are listening. Get a little notebook, you know, or a little spiral bound notebook or an index card and carry it around with you during the course of day. And every time you become aware that you're judging someone, put a little hash mark on it. Mm -hmm. Just become aware. Don't do anything. Don't try to change mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Just try to become aware of how many times you judge somebody during the course of a day. And then try, as you do that, once again, not trying to change it. The first step is always be aware of it. Be aware of what happens for you as you make that judgment. So two things, be aware of you making a judgment. And then what do you experience after you make the judgment? What's the immediate thing? You know, it's funny before you called it a dopamine rush before we get on the show, Joe, is yeah. that there, there is a sense of somehow, you know, what, what do we call it? Purging ourselves. Look, mm -hmm. I'm not as bad as they are. My God, look at them. I mean, how can somebody behave like that? And I'll tell you, whenever you're making a judgment, and this is one of the things that Fritz Perls pointed out to us is it's a projection is what right. you're seeing and what you're judging in that person is something that you've disowned in yourself that yeah. you're not taking responsibility for. Yeah. What's that saying? If you can see it, you, 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 spot you, know, it, you got oh, it. You got yeah. It. If you spot it, you got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One I, I finger is that. pointing out there. There's three more. And, and pointing three right point back at you. Cause that, that goes all the way back to my, my drinking and using it, It's like, you know, not, I didn't think about this when I was, you know, when I was um, 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 drunk basically, but, but uh, looking back during the, the process afterwards, I realized I always love to be around people who, who, who ha, ha, were more, pro they seem more problematic with their drinking than me. Of course. You know, right. I always wanted people, you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'm very uncomfortable around people who, who just like drink and then have a drink or two and stop I, those people. We, we, you know, we, I'd rule those out people, but I loved, you know, and I, I, I always, rem just an old friend of mine used to say, say, I'm an ugly man. And he said, so whenever I walk into a room, I find the ugliest man I can find in there and I go stand next to him. Him. you know <laughs> and just talking about just having having the compare and that's the way i did drinking i always wanted people around me that that i could because it and, and it wasn't just for because i didn't think other people were seeing it i was delusional that the other people knew what i was you know what i was doing but it was for my it was for me protecting myself I, oh i'm not as bad as that guy 
I, I mean, I, as a drunk, I used to go down to the stock, Nashville, Tennessee stock, uh, stockyard lounge or whatever it was called and big place for music and all this other stuff. I, I would, I would be drunk handing out my business cards, uh, uh, to people who I thought may have a problem drinking. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did it. <laughs> you got to meet the people where they're at. <laughs> we, we call it research, right? It's like, but no, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, you can't you can't argue that that's not just totally delusional totally. You know? right absolutely well you know like because you're talking about sort of step six and sort of looking under the hood and you know what's making that sound right yeah yep. you know to a certain degree you know treating my uh addiction as a pathology instead of a sort of positive yeah. psychology approach I'm yeah. going to be inclined as I see where I'm falling short, where I feel guilty about, um, you know, not meeting the needs of people I care about. You know, there's a tendency to need relief and that instant purifying relief of, you know, because when I'm pointing the finger at someone else's mm -hmm. evil, this is a self-righteous cause and it gives yeah. me that immediate relief from it as opposed to not being too negative about myself but shining the light instead of fighting the darkness fighting the darkness you can never win but i can always just focus on you know emphasizing what what i'm doing right right, right. like it in in raising kids catch kids doing things right mm -hmm. and yeah. they're going to respond to that or sponsees. Well, right. It, it's a bottomless pit. I mean, when you get into the the criticizing, judging mode, yeah. there's just never, uh, you know, I'm, I'm finding, and I, I think I've just been giving into it less, I'm noticing it, these last mm. couple months, because I can sense the diminishing returns of it, and how... Right. Um, and like that's, you said, yeah, that's the ratio so important to, to know it. Does. One of the that's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is that just just uh, reminded me of something, uh, uh, Patrick, that that uh, absolutely, because I remember getting to a place in, in a role play in a group one time when someone was playing my role play and that should monster and me saying all these things. Of course, I wrote the script for the should monster. He's saying all these things to me. And I remember being exhausted and turning to the to my good friend, Philip, who was who was doing the role play. But he, that moment, he was my should monster. And I remember in my exhaustion, and I guess the positive use of exhaustion, by the way, is uh, saying to him, I don't care if every goddamn thing you're saying about me is true. I may be the lowest motherfucker on the planet, but you are not helping. And that's wow. what you just said. You're not. And I yeah. felt a relief. I could feel it in my body when I say it, when I just re yeah. redo it. It's like it was it was, it, you know, I had a lot of ways to go to where I needed to, to d dismantle this, some of these all these lies that were being told to me. But at that moment, I was I, I got something off of me because I because I was able to say what you're saying is like, this is not useful to me. You know, not helpful at all. Yeah. And, and what was helpful was what Alan was talking about, just being self-aware, yes. seeing uh, in doing this review of, of what's making noise under the hood, just writing it down, that sort of mindful approach to, you know, why am I uh, distracting myself with righteous indignation? 
Right. You know, well, it's what, it's what productive am I overcompensating for? Right. Yeah, it's productive self-criticism. It's like that's yes, one of the things yes. Alan and I have been talking about a lot is that 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 we that we were talking about how how just the term self-criticism has 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 become lost absorbed into this idea where it's 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 equated almost immediately in sometimes some recovery circles as as bad as always bad as as you know and what we're doing is we need to, this is where we this is where my english major comes in it's like this is where we need we need some semantics we need we need to define some terms and and for us one of the things we've been talking about is we need to make a very distinct difference between practical and useful self-criticism and self-condemnation you know, yeah. it's like it's like, you know, we talk about, you know, guilt is, is about something you've done that you could you can maybe correct or at least acknowledge. And shame is about who you are. But it, it's like but but yeah, when when Alan describes that, that that's the use of practical self-criticism where you're actually in there working on things. You got the hood up, like you said, Joe. And and now we're, we're now we're actually we're actually making some progress, making some changes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and let's add another dimension to this thing in terms of what we're discussing here. See, what, what we're saying, and this goes back to what you said, Tom, is that anger isn't always, quote, a bad thing, right? Yeah. Even if I'm aware that, look, you know, when I look at Hitler, although mm -hmm. I see that we may have a few things in common, I don't mm -hmm. like what he did, and I don't like what he stands for, and mm -hmm. I, I would join the service and fight against mm -hmm. the Nazis all day long because mm -hmm. I don't like that. I don't like mm -hmm. it. It pisses me off that somebody uses their power in that way. Not to say that I haven't used my power wrong at times in my life I have, mm -hmm. but this doesn't mean, even though I have it, it doesn't make mean I can't take a stand about it. See, and right. that's very important that we don't use self-awareness to erase ourselves. See, wow. we get to this point where, you know, mm -hmm. we, we think we got to be saints to be okay. And no, you need to be human to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to embrace your humanity. And that means you have values that you honor. You know, I value yeah. freedom. I mean, that's a big part of emotional sobriety and why it turns me on so much. I love our democracy. I will fight and defend our democracy and I'll give my life for it. That's how much it means to me. That's the bottom line inside of me. So let's please, please don't hear anything we're saying as, as a way of erasing yourself. We're not asking you to erase yourself. We're asking you to become aware of yourself. Become aware of how you're functioning and what's important. It doesn't mean that you're going to accept everything and that everything's okay, because things, some things are not okay. And it's important for you to stand for yourself. And that's the other difference, is when you get this, you learn to stand for yourself, not against anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I uh, uh, went to two back-to-back, -back, not necessarily back-to-back, -back, but I went to some secular AA meetings that Joe invited me to. And one a particular flavor that I really liked about them is that um, some of the participants were very open with their about their resentments and their um, anger about, you know, whatever things that they that were done a little bit differently in meetings they'd attended in the past or, um, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, feelings, uh, happen to be bubbling up to the surface. Um, but like the, the, the whole naming it to claim it or naming it to tame it. I don't know which one. Yeah. Name it is. to claim it. Both. Name it to claim it. Oh. Yeah. You yeah, gotta yeah. claim it before you name tame it. To it. Tame it. Yeah. Right. You but, but claim it before you tame it. <laughs> but I mean, I've, um, had that tendency as Alan said, to kind of want to jump over the, uh, 
the resentment itself because I could sense, you know, that it, there's some toxic aspects to it. But um, first step should be recognizing it and giving it some oxygen, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and I and I I always want to repeat this because we learn through repetition is when we're owning our because because this is this is one of the things that was really difficult for me to really internalize when we're we're really focused on owning our stuff uh, claiming our stuff we are not saying and this is part of what alan's saying also is like we are not saying there are not problems out there we're not saying that that this, right. this is because the, it's it's dangerous because mo most of us who come into this work are already good at the self-condemnation part so we can we we can naturally <laughs> get lost in that deal where it's like you know go with i would say go with your talents so oh, i can i can condemn myself till you know, till you know the the day doesn't exist anymore it's it's like but it's it's you know inside out it's like what, you, what alan's saying you can use your energy and anger is just an energy that said it was a beautiful way you said that alan anger i just finished writing a, i'm working on writing i'm about to finish up a little short thing about anger anger has gotten a bad reputation i'll i'll, I'll send it to you guys and i'd love your your input oh yeah but, great but, but uh but the idea is no that's where we go back to the stuff we talked about with patrick that's when you own it when you understand anger is a, just a feelings are communications that's all they are they tell Tell us something about what's going on and so anger tells us i don't like something a lot I, or, or you know maybe a little but if you step on my toe four times then i say you know move over god you know then basically that's still anger it's just small anger but but once you own it then you can figure out how how you can choose how you want to invest that energy and use it and 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 that's you're gonna we're gonna have more impact on the world by doing that yeah. than we are by sitting back and judging well, I was just writing a piece in in or reading a piece in the American Psychologist, which I get every month, mm -hmm. and they had a whole section about racism mm -hmm. and really asking psychologists to become aware of what our participation is in either positive or negative. Right. Mm -hmm. And and a big thing was is is the emphasis on this whole article was the courage to take a stand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting, and they made such a point that taking a stand does not mean becoming violent. Mm -hmm. And they gave examples in terms of, first of all, the you know what Martin Luther King did with the civil rights movement here in the United States, mm -hmm. right? Teaching nonviolence and taking that off of Gandhi, and then how Cesar Chavez used the same thing to empower the migrant farm workers. Mm -hmm in California in terms of the thing. And he said that, that the most powerful changes have taken place through nonviolence. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes violence is necessary. The American Revolution is an example of that. What's going on in Ukraine? I mean, I just don't see any other way. The, the invasion of, of Europe, in, you know, in terms of fighting Nazi Germany, landings on Normandy and stuff like that, those were all very important many people gave their lives for that but there's but there's a range right and it's yeah. almost like what's what's the best response and bill wilson had a great line when he talked about emotional sobriety having relationships appropriate to that relationship how do we discriminate or differentiate what's the best way to deal with the situation we're in and look sometimes you don't know sometimes it's a matter of trial and error 
Let me try to see what happens. Let me take in the feedback. Let me pay attention to what's going on. Am I alienating someone or am I getting more of a connection with them? You know, because deep down inside, like I said, if the best of us is in charge, we're trying to find a way to stay connected and not get disconnected during trouble. I did at one point bring up the idea of let's talk about emotional sobriety as it relates to the traditions instead oh. of the steps. And uh, and mm. I when I'm out of the room, I'm sure you go, oh, my God, that's going to clear the room. Who wants to listen to a <laughs> poor guys talk like about it. the traditions? Yeah, but yeah. that that's it. You go from, you know, sort of self-healing to now, what can I do with this healed self other than be in the service of others? And you go mm -hmm. from you know, the sort of 12 steps to the three-legged stool of mm -hmm. the whole recovery community is recovery unity and service so yes uh, you, you can't just have one leg and have the stool uh stand hey, up it, yeah. you need it's all not three. a not a good stool not a good stool yeah. there yeah i sat That's on cool. some stools like that when i was drunk yeah. At least no, the, the no, the stools were fine, Alan. It was it me. You think it was no, me? See, Why he, did he, I keep he, falling off? What he, was that he, happening? He, I thought he, it because it had one leg. He, then off we've come full circle. Alan's blaming the stools. It's like <laughs> damn stools. If they'd make these damn stools better, I wouldn't fall off so often. <laughs> They make bar stools very sturdy. I, I know this for a fact. <laughs> Father, Father Martin used to say, I, lo I loved a lot of his jokes. He was, he's great. If you've never seen Chalk Talk, it's now on yeah. video and you can watch the whole thing. I mean, on YouTube. But he used to have a saying is that, you know, those toilet seats with the uh, hole in this in this front of it, mm -hmm. right? Where it's open. He says, you know who invented that? He said a drunk who was sick and tired of having a damn toilet seat come Bang down and hit on, him on the head. back of the neck. So he created the opening. So when it came down, it missed him. <laughs> Never Brilliant. thought about maybe maybe I need to address the fact that I'm drinking to the point where I'm putting my head in the toilet almost every other day, right? I mean, that's uh, never happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> maybe harm reduction. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the toy, the new <laughs> toilet. Harm seat, reduction. That's right. Harm, that's exactly what it was. That was the first form of harm reduction. I first intervention. <laughs> That's good, Joe. Well, this was a great discussion, you guys. I mean, such a powerful discussion to to look at, you know, to become aware of these things and to see what other possibilities exist. I mean, I love defining recovery as the discovery of new possibilities. Yeah. Right? And that's that's what our show is about. That's what you bring oftentimes, Joe. I really I'm a big fan of you of your work and what you've done. And I want to plug your book again beyond belief mm -hmm. i mean gnostic musings for 12-step life i'll tell you man it's it's just outstanding you did some great research on that and your musings are wonderful i love musings that's great i love that well it <laughs> means he's either playing music or thinking yeah. about oh it. very Deeply. good alan huh? very clever Right. Well, I, we, yeah. we, now we, of course, the three of us will take a vote afterwards to be sure. But I'm going to tell you, Joe, I, I believe unanimously you're going to remain the, the our favorite guest. Yes. For the rest of this episode. 
Yeah, but that's it. <laughs> At least that's yeah. all, that's we're a, that's all that we have. Fickle. No, we're not that fickle. No, Listen, we have one we're episode. Probably, we're probably more closer to dementia and we're going to be fixed on it. And by the way, we'll only remember that you've been the only guest that's been on our show. That's right, that's right. It's, it's one episode at a time, boys. <laughs> it's for us <laughs> at this point in time. What happens up in Canada with the Super Bowl? You guys get into this thing or this madness that happens in America on once a year? Yeah, we have our own gray cup, you know, because we have our own Canadian Football League. But I mean, in this whole thing, you know, there's tens of thousands of people watching. But, you know, fans of sports are a minority, just like when I'm crazy about a band. I think everyone's thinking about the show. Everyone's going to the show. And really, you can fill up a stadium and it looks like everybody's in this together. But yeah. most of the people in America aren't watching the Super Bowl. They're doing something else. You just remind me of a conversation I had with someone. I've got to keep their, their name confidential, but very famous musician. And he was talking about the first time he played at a stadium that held 70,000 people. He walked out on stage and saw every seat filled. And he goes... Why are they here to see me? <laughs> I mean, right. his self-esteem was so low, he could not wrap his head around. They were there to see him. Right. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Mm. Probably not, because you probably helped him. Yeah, well, listen, I, I recovery helped him tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Now he can go and enjoy and see that he's at, what he's actually doing is a service. And that's the way I've kind of thought about people entertaining it's it's they are servicing us right they're they're right. Acting, and they wouldn't and they, would, they wouldn't be here uh, if, if we like we wouldn't be there if we were tender yeah yeah you know who i've really come to appreciate recently is the depth of bruce springsteen's writing and work mm -hmm. i mean my god he's a he's a very deep thinking man and really writes uh, reflecting so much of the heartbeat of what's going on like his his album the rising after 9 11 i think is one of the all-time i don't know if you guys have never listened to it mm. put it on and listen to it it is one of the all-time best albums i've ever think written in response to an event mm -hmm. it, it was phenomenal yes, sort of absolutely. capturing the zeitgeist of what was oh going my on God, it for, was so uh, powerful every song I, world, I mean yeah. after after 9-11 and he I think it came out what a couple months later mm -hmm. I mean he was so inspired to write it I would sit and cry I mean it's that that powerful so anyway great show man you bet all right we'll see you next week tinge your life tinge your myth Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then we glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human. Never be ashamed to be yourself. Rest assured that whatever you're doing, Entertain me like nobody else So here's to us My old friends Until it's time to drink the wine And break the bread again With glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories 
Bring your story back to me.